If you're looking for a chicken coop that'll keep your flock safe and warm, look no further than Cutest Coops. Cutest Coops come in a variety of sizes and designs so you can easily select which one best suits your homestead, no matter how big or small. We both have the Charming Coop, which is a 4x4 footprint and is easy to assemble with the help of a friend. And with the Charming Coop, it comes pre-primed and you get to paint it however your chicken-loving heart desires. Check them out at cutestcoops.com and use code COOPANDFARM to get $100 off your coop. Hey, Sam. Oh, hey, Beth. What you drinking today? So I made myself a wine spritzer. Ooh. Yeah. I am feeling fancy today. Sounds like it. I made it with the uh, Sauvignon Blanc Sprite and the Simple Goodness Sisters Lavender Blueberry Syrup. Mm. I think that was the flavor. It's purple. It's delicious. I love it. I want to try that one so bad. I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, you totally should. And in fact, uh, I just saw on their Instagram, like, just the second that they're harvesting the spruce tips for their huckleberry spruce tip syrup. Ooh. So I'm going to order that as soon as it comes on and becomes available. So what are you drinking over there? So today I have a Meridian Hive Honey Draft Mead. Ooh. Mm. Ah, yes. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very good. And it's nice and warm outside. I feel like the monsoon has finally finished here. Um, for anybody that watches the news at all, I think it's at a national level now. Like a bunch of dams broke in like mid Michigan mm-hmm. and people are flooded. I saw that. Um, so I am very grateful that I just have tiny puddles in comparison to the flooding that we're seeing in some areas that is like nine feet deep so uh thoughts and prayers to everybody trying to evacuate their farm animals in that area it sounds like a nightmare yeah when i saw that i legit looked on a map to see where you were in comparison to that. I, was like, I am very woo. south compared to that. <laughs> yes. Woo indeed. But I used to live up in Mount Pleasant because I went to Central Michigan University, Fire Up Chips. Um, and Island Park looks very, very flooded up there too from some drone footage I saw. <sighs> so yeah. All around not good up there. Yeah. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community, from hobby farmers to the large-scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain in hopes that you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents or make a lot of mistakes, but we cut those (laughs) and stick them up on our Patreon for our Patreon peeps. And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps, and you can check those out by going to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm and becoming a Patreon peep for $2 a month, or you can get super fancy and upgrade to some other uh, levels that give you some other fun prizes. I saw that we finally filled the open drink sponsor spot, and we got some more gifty peeps that signed up, so thank you guys. We hope you enjoy our Patreon. Yes, we are so grateful for your support. You have no idea how much it helps the podcast out. Yes. And speaking of the Patreon, our drink peep this episode is our friend Kayla W., which is over at Honey Creek Homestead on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. How appropriate that I'm drinking a honey mead when we have Honey Creek Homestead. Oh, hey. That was not on purpose, but I guess I should have pretended like it was. (laughs) well remember we're really good at being accidentally on theme yes we are (laughs) 
And now it's time for our favorite time of the month. And that is we got our honey and rue boxes. Woohoo! Yes. And now we're going to talk about what we got in them because we were very excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Sam, what was your favorite thing out of the box this month? So, I think my favorite thing that we got this month was the vanilla pest repellent, which I think we've gotten a few times now. But it it looks like an air freshener. It has a pretty sassy looking chicken on it. And it's going to look really good in my charming coop because it's super dainty. <laughs> and I think it it's the right size for that space. So I'm pretty excited that I got another one of those. So what was your favorite thing in this month's box? So my favorite thing is actually another repeat as well. It's the chicken banquet mineral block. Um, I love it because it's the perfect size to fit into my little mineral feeders because I I keep like an oyster shell feeder and a grit feeder. And what I do is I just stick the block in the oyster shell feeder and they like peck at it and get the little worms and bugs and things out of it. But then they also get uh, some of the calcium that they need from the block. So I think that it's just like a super cool little product and it's really neat and I would have never thought to like go pick one up mm-hmm. so I'm always happy when I get one <laughs> and this month we also got an Encore Natural Farm Fresh Fixins which is a poultry treat that obviously the chickens are going to enjoy and we also got a Ropavet Poultry Complete which is like this little bottle of liquid that's electrolytes that you can add to your chicken's water and I like how it has a little measuring thing on it so you can't like screw up the dosing which is super handy yes and we also got chicken keepers remedy rosemary lavender goat milk lotion gosh that's a mouthful but I love it um (laughs) I keep it right by my kitchen sink because of all the hand washing right now and just in general with living on a farm um it's it's really nice and refreshing and it's light And as a person that doesn't like lotion, uh, I like this one because it's not super greasy feeling. Yeah. (laughs) We also got the summer issue of the new Pioneer magazine, which always has a handful of articles in there that I enjoy reading. And we got some chubby mealworms frass. And what is frass, you may ask? (laughs) (laughs) It's manure harvested from organically fed mealworm beetles. Ooh. It's odor-free and contains no bugs. Um, It's a natural source of magnesium, making it ideal for tomatoes and roses. So, hey, look at that with all the, you know, seed starting and planting and transplanting you might be doing. That sounds like it might come in handy. Well, I know what I'm putting in my tomato bed this uh, this weekend. Frass. (laughs) And we also got a little bottle of hand sanitizer because it's so very important these days. And it's nice to have something small you can just like stick in your pocket or your purse. And honestly, like even pre-COVID-19, I would get like big bottles, you know, of hand sanitizer with this pump (laughs) Um, just to use like... Because you you get tired of washing your hands. And if there's not literal shit on my hands and I just picked up like a baby chick or something, like it's way easier just to use sanitizer. So that little sanitizer is hanging out in the kitchen too. Um, since call ducks will be hatching anytime soon. It's just so much faster to use. So I like hand sanitizer any time of the year, pandemic or not. <laughs> See, and I had to like train myself to do like all the hand sanitizing and washing and stuff because like, so I always washed my hands, you know, like for the normal things, you know, like before you eat and after you go to the bathroom and stuff like that. But honestly, I wasn't all that careful about it. And I almost never used hand sanitizer. Like, in fact, when this all first started, we had to go into the camping tote to get a bottle of hand sanitizer because, <laughs> like, we just didn't keep one around. So it just wasn't part of our process. But now uh, my hands are becoming quite used to hand sanitizer. <laughs> well, and it was really hard to find for a while. So now 
I have a bunch of like little travel size bottles from Bed Bath & Beyond because that's the only place I could find it. And come to find out it has glitter in it. So when oh, I use it, no. I look like a stripper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or a 13-year-old. Yeah, or a 13-year-old. Either end of the spectrum. Not knocking 13-year-olds or strippers, but I don't really want glitter on my hands. <laughs> Good thing it's just me and my husband around here. <laughs> I'm pretty anti-glitter, too. It's just too sparkly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And every box also comes with a nesting box liner, which I actually use in my coop, and they're super handy, and I just love the eco-packaging. So, yay. Yay, indeed. And Honey and Roo has dropped some sneak peeks for June. There's a book called Chicken Wisdom uh, that will be in the June box, and there is a Honey and Roo Peck Peck Grin Mask. Uh so if you are in need of a mask that is fashionable, I mean, who isn't, um, you'll want to snag that box for more than just the mask. Yeah, for honestly. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really love Melissa Coffey's other book. It's uh, How to Speak Chicken. Oh, That's what her other book is, yeah, which yeah. was also a book that came in the like a previous Henny and Rue box a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that book. So I'm looking forward to this Chicken Wisdom book, too. And yeah. Uh, I always need more masks. I legit had to buy another one the other day because I keep leaving them at home or leaving them in the wrong car. (laughs) (laughs) I'll eventually have one in all the places and then I won't have to do that anymore. Yeah, they won't need it. Right. (laughs) But hey, you can always use those masks too for when you're cleaning out the chicken coop though so you're not breathing in all the dust. Um, So even after... (laughs) <laughs> we don't have to wear masks anymore in public it you can use it for other farm things too oh yeah and in fact like i've i've always been really bad about wearing masks also oh, me too. in the chicken coop like when i've been cleaning it so now that i have one like for that purpose i'm gonna try really hard to start doing it because like you only have one pair of lungs so take care of those bad boys yeah <laughs> nobody wants to have a lung transplant in the future <laughs> No, it seems like that wouldn't be fun. No. But you can subscribe to Honey and Rue by going to honeyandrue.com. And when you use the code DRINKINFARM, you'll get 10% off your first box when you subscribe. So there you have it. Yeah. So I think we can finally get into this week's episode, which I'm super excited about because I requested this topic. Because Bev's been doing something that I've been thinking about doing, but know nothing about. And I was like, hey, Bev, you just did this thing, and I want you to tell me about it. So here we are. (laughs) Yes, we just finished building our greenhouse. Yes. Which is one of those projects that's, like, been in the making in my head for over a year now. I couldn't exactly tell you how long. A while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. But obviously, like, greenhouses are kind of one of those, they're like a larger project. So I had to save for it. Uh I had to pick out the greenhouse that I wanted. And honestly, it was funny. When I decided that I really wanted a greenhouse, I just like, I just wanted one. I don't, I like, I knew that I had lots of uses for it and I would get mm-hmm. a lot of use out of it. But once I saw one that I liked, I was just like, that's it. Research is done. This is the one that I want. So I just went for it. So this episode, putting this episode together was really fun because I actually did like a little more greenhouse research than I did before I actually bought mine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I'm happy to say that I'm happy with my decision, thankfully. <laughs> Good. Well, in the greenhouse is beautiful to by the way and it's in like a very picturesque part of your property and like your instagram photos i was like oh bev just leveled up in her instagram game whether she meant to or not with this greenhouse <laughs> <laughs> well and it's in like the same sort of area as the cutest coop so yeah. it's funny and i intentionally put these things out of my bedroom window so i could enjoy them you know, like from the house, even when it wasn't out there. So I sit and record in my bedroom. So I'm currently looking at the cutest coop. And then I just turn my head a little bit and you can see the greenhouse. And then you turn just a little further and you can see my garden. So 
I kind of set that up intentionally for my own enjoyment. It's just totally a bonus (laughs) that it looks good on Instagram as well. (laughs) So if you're wondering what the heck a greenhouse is, you know, besides like a big giant building that you go to to buy your plants in the spring, it is a structure that is designed for growing and protecting tender or out of season plants against unfavorable conditions. So greenhouses will protect from both excessive heat or frost. So it's basically a cool little house for your plants that helps you uh, maintain the ideal conditions for them, which can be really handy depending on where you live or what kind of gardening you want to do. And uh, before we really dive into it, uh, I wanted to let everybody know that I got some greenhouse information from the website Homestead and Chill which I just thought was hilarious. And it turns out that they're just like really great people too. So I followed them on Instagram too. Nice. (laughs) So we'll link uh, to this article that I reference for this episode inside the show notes. You can go check them out, but you can go find them on Instagram also. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the benefits of having a greenhouse include uh, providing a place for your seedlings and other plants that you're worried about the weather getting to, which means that you won't have late frost wiping out your whole seed starting work because that has totally happened to me. I leave them outside for an evening to harden off and then, whoops, surprise, it's frosty and then, you know, they all die. Um, And if you manage your greenhouse correctly, you can keep pests and disease away. There's all sorts of things that can plague your garden, Um, aphids, white flies, powdery mildew, mold, all sorts of things. But in order to keep that stuff away, you've got to manage your greenhouse properly, but we'll get into that a little later. And a greenhouse will extend your growing season, so you can start your seedlings months earlier than you can otherwise. And you can also move things like tomatoes, cucumbers, and like tender herbs like uh, basil into your greenhouse in the late fall so that you can enjoy salads longer. And you can also grow like tropical or rare specialty plants. And, you know, like I'm in the Midwest. So I went and got an orange <laughs> tree and a lime tree and I stuck them in the greenhouse. <laughs> nice. And I was so excited for both of those things. I'm from Arizona. So like fresh citrus was something that I got really used to there. <laughs> and I've been really sad without it. But then I discovered you can buy dwarf trees, pot them. And I, it's in the, they're in the greenhouse right now, but once it gets just a little warmer, I'll put them on the porch and then they'll come inside the house for the winter time and I'll just put a grow light on them. So yeah. So we'll totally have fresh lemons and limes eventually. (laughs) So fancy, Ben. (laughs) I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to do some things more intentionally, I guess. Um, And also like... All these cocktails we've been drinking around here lately, like a fresh squeeze of lime or lemon in them is pretty handy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, another thing that your greenhouse might let you do is it might let you garden year round. Um, But that's going to depend on your zone and uh, what kind of greenhouse you get. And also like what sorts of things you're willing to do within your greenhouse to keep the temperature up. So all of that is kind of going to depend on whether or not you can garden year round. This first year is my grand experiment to see if I can garden year round because I would really love to. And if this winter is any indication, I think I might be able to. But like the winter before we had that polar vortex with the, you know, 100 mile an hour winds and the (laughs) negative 20. Like, I don't think I could have kept the greenhouse warm enough through that. No, and I don't know if you even would have wanted to do that. (laughs) No, because I mean, you know, like that polar vortex, that was intense. You Like every time you opened a door or had to go outside, you had to worry about something getting frostbite at those kinds of temperatures. So like, I think I would let the greenhouse go in that (laughs) in those conditions (laughs) don't blame you yeah so um i think it's gonna just kind of depend on the winter so um i built a greenhouse because of all of those reasons i knew that a greenhouse would do all those things for me um and i also have come to realize that 
if I really wanted to focus on my garden, I needed a specific space for gardening. So I've been doing a lot of like self-reflection and, you know, like learning more about myself and trying to set myself up for success. And I need designated spaces for activities. Otherwise I get like squirrel brain and I can't focus <laughs> on <brain>. anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. It's so funny. Like, cause I keep trying to decide. I'm like, is this normal or is there something wrong with me? And I think it's normal. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody's brain just works a little differently. <laughs> I agree. And I think right now too, it's even easier to be squirrel brain because I definitely feel it more than usual right now. Yeah. And, you know, the year before I had great success growing my seedlings inside my office. Like I loved it. I love having all the lights and the green stuff. Um, but this year I upped it just a little bit and I really neglected my seedlings oh, like, no. <laughs> because they were inside the place where I was working. I would like sit at my office chair and I'd look over and be like, oh, seedlings need water. And then I'd look at my desk and be like, oh, desk needs work. <laughs> and then I would do neither. <laughs> Ooh, Bev needs beer. And then that would away. Exactly. <laughs> It was a weird spring, though, in my brain's defense. So yeah. that probably had something to do with it. Definitely. But um, I ordered this greenhouse in January, so I was hoping to have it up. So, like, I kind of um, – what's what I'm looking for? I, I started the seedlings inside my office just to do it, but my heart wasn't in it this year because I knew that I had a greenhouse sitting in the barn. So that probably <laughs> was part of it, too. <laughs> so next year, you are set up for success out the gate. Yes, Exactly. Although I did, um, I did get all the seedlings moved in there and I up potted a bunch of stuff. And uh, some of those things that I thought were like total losses are starting to kind of recover. So um, there's hope nice. for them still. Nice. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Oh, but and I'm really thankful to have those grow lights out of my office. Uh, the blue and red lights from the grow lights were actually kind of messing around with my sleep and like my oh. eyes. Oh, because I'm in there yeah. a lot. <laughs> huh. So the thing about a greenhouse, though, that's really important to know is that it's not like you don't just suddenly build a greenhouse and like your gardening game is A plus. <laughs> like it like the greenhouse doesn't do everything for you. You have to do things for the greenhouse in order to make it work for you and right. what you do is kind of going to depend on your climate and what you want your greenhouse to do for you <laughs> yeah see and this is why I wanted to have this conversation because my dream is that it would just kind of be plug and play but I knew that wasn't the case <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of a bummer, too, because, you know, you think, like, I spent all this money on this greenhouse. It should just, like, <laughs> do it all for me. But sadly, that's just not the way it works. And in fact, I did order a book on gardening with a greenhouse because it wasn't until we got it built and I moved plants in there and I, like, you know, stepped back and closed the door and I, like, brushed my hands off and I was like, done. <laughs> and I was like, wait, like are there certain plants I should take out when it gets over a certain temperature? Like what's the right humidity? How do I water things in this? Do I have to rotate things? And I was like, I need to do more greenhouse reading. <laughs> 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 so I do have a book on the way. Um, I'll link to the book that I purchased in the show notes and I'll be able to, I'll give everybody like a quick follow-up review of the book next week. It hasn't come in yet, unfortunately, but I liked the Amazon reviews on it. So I'm hopeful it'll be a super useful one. So while a greenhouse can create a controlled, protected, and more ideal climate than what's happening outside, in order for it to do that, there are things you're going to have to do within your greenhouse. So you'll have to have some sort of like temperature controlling in it. You'll need to keep an eye on it on certain days um, because otherwise your greenhouse can really easily become too hot or cold for plants or the humidity level can get too high which would encourage pests or diseases. So basically, like, if you build it, you're not suddenly a master gardener and everything works out perfectly. Dang it. <laughs> I know. Bubble bursted. Oh. <laughs> 
So modern greenhouses are typically made of glass or plastic. Uh, mine is made out of polycarbonate, which actually helps retain heat better than both glass or plastic, which was why I picked it. Um, and that's usually surrounding like a minimalistic frame. And the reason why you use a minimalistic frame is because you're trying to maximize natural light. So if you look at pictures of my greenhouse, you'll notice every wall is polycarbonate. So even the seedlings like on the bottom shelves get light out the side, which I think is pretty cool. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted this type of greenhouse is it maximized my growing space within a smaller footprint. So uh, the sunlight that shines in through the greenhouse performs several functions. It allows the plants to photosynthesize and grow, which is basically what plants do. It also allows me to photosynthesize and grow. <laughs> hey, vitamin D is super important, especially right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it totally is. Mm -hmm. And I never had to take vitamin D supplements until I lived in the Midwest where it's gray half the year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the walls actually help trap the sunlight's warmth and energy, which helps keep the greenhouse several degrees warmer than outside, which is extra important during like cold weather when the seasons are changing or overnight in the spring. Um, like here, we'll have a day that's clear and 70 degrees and it'll drop to 36 at night. <laughs> yes. Like, it seems like if there's not clouds, the temperature swings can be really wide. So this helps protect your plants when that happens. So uh, if you're looking to choose a greenhouse, the options are super overwhelming, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. Another reason why I wanted to have this talk, because like, I mean, I get all these emails from Wayfair. They're like, buy a greenhouse from us. And like, I'll click on it because it's total clickbait. Like they know what I'm into <laughs> somehow. And like, I'm like, I don't know what's pick. Close out, close out, close out. <laughs> yeah. And they have some cute greenhouse kits mm -hmm. on Wayfair. Like yeah. for sure. Totally. So it'd be super hard to uh, resist. <laughs> yes. Until I see the price tag and then I'm like, I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Those pretty ones are not cheap. <laughs> but there are uh, cheaper and more simple styles of greenhouses that are definitely available. Um, because depending on what you need, like a full-on greenhouse kit, like what I built, may not best serve your needs. So you can build a high tunnel, which is basically just like a hoop frame, like a tall hoop frame that you can walk under that covers all of your plants and protects them uh, from the elements. You can put cold frames on your raised gardening bed. So a cold frame is basically like a, a box frame with a window on top of it. So you can cover and protect your plants and they get that extra heat and warmth through uh, the glass of the window. Or one of the things that I've done is I've legit just like propped up a two by four in the middle of a bed, you know, like a teepee and yeah. thrown a plastic sheet over it and stapled it to the side of the bed. I've done that to protect plants when I know that there's going to be a late frost. So like all of those things are like types of, of greenhouses. So you don't have to like build a greenhouse. You can extend your growing season and protect plants without building, you know, a full on permanent building. Uh, and something else you can do too, if you're creative and handy, is you can make and design your own greenhouse. One of my favorites is the one that Wild Oaks Farm just did. Oh, yeah. um, she built it this year. It's so beautiful. It's got a wood, uh, like the bottom half of it is wood paneling. And then the top, I believe, is polycarbonate panels and a frame. Um, she kind of walked through like how she built it and stuff. And there's pictures of it on her Instagram. So you should definitely go check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Because she did hers uh, all on her own, which is super cool. And I would have loved uh, to do something like that. Or um, another DIY design that's really popular is antique windows that you kind of like mm -hmm. puzzle together into a greenhouse oh they're so beautiful but i i don't know how to procure things like that probably at an auction but you know me yeah. in auctions <laughs> well and i feel like too with with that option you're may not be spending as much money but you're spending your time 
but time is money. So <laughs> it's like you're either going to, it's going to be more time consuming to put it together yourself completely, like by sourcing the material and then putting it a plan together and then executing it. Whereas if you buy one that's like a kit, might be a little more pricey, but it's probably easier to deal with. So I would probably go with the kit myself too the first time. Well, and I'm not surprised to hear you say that because the reason why I went with a kit too is like I work 60 hours a week yeah. between all of my jobs and the podcast. Like yeah. I just, I don't have that kind of free time as much as I wish I did, but that's just not where I'm at in my life right, right. now. Right. So I don't always get to build everything from scratch. Um, and, you know, if you have the time to, you know, design and build something from scratch, like that's super awesome. Mm -hmm. You'll get to create something that's really unique to you and your setup, which is super cool. Um, but every building that we've built here from scratch has taken months. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's just all about how you prioritize your time and even your yeah. money and where where your strengths lie. Like some people are just better at building things than other people. Like my dad's a carpenter. I am not. End of story. <laughs> I'm not either. And my husband is a great sport. Like he would have totally designed and built me a greenhouse if I had asked him to. And I would have gone and helped. But like, sometimes I can just see it on his face that he's like, I have a lot of, like, deadlines looming in the next quarter. <laughs> so I'm not going to get to, like, I'm not going to have a lot of, like, after work time or weekend time to, like, work on this. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, that's basically, you know, like a hobby greenhouse kit, which is, you know, what I picked out is perfect if you are crunched for time like we are. Right. And... What's super cool about kits is that you can get them in pretty much any size or style to meet your needs because they're basically designed for convenience and easy use. And one of the things that's really cool about that, too, is if you're having problems with your greenhouse, if it's something that, you know, thousands of people before you have built, there's a forum online somewhere to help you troubleshoot any issues you're having, which can be super valuable. Um, whereas, you know, like if you use your own materials and make it to your specifications and sizes, you might have to do a lot more experimenting to figure out how to set it up in a way that works for you. Um, so one of the things that I kind of hinted to earlier but didn't really talk about much is that no matter what kind of greenhouse you go for, you need to consider how you're going to provide airflow and temperature control to it because the greenhouse doesn't do either of those things on its own. You have to give them to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have to decide how you're going to secure it because wind is a thing yes. everywhere. Yes. I think, Sam, you get wind kind of like I do. We get like typhoon level winds, like <laughs> 70 can. mile an hour plus. Yeah, we can <laughs> It's I wouldn't call it typical, but it definitely can happen. And we have like woods behind us, but not in front of us. So yeah, it can, be, it can get kind of crazy. Um, it's definitely blown our empty pool over and bent the frame. So now my pool is ruined, mm. but that's what I get for not taking my pool down in the winter, too. So that was just karma. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah, they're not typical here either, but I think that we've gotten at least one like really crazy windstorm per year. So um, and you're going to need to decide how big you need your greenhouse to be. And I'm going to give you some sage advice right now. Go bigger than what you think you need. Because your greenhouse needs to be able to fit all of the plants you want to start or grow in there. Because you don't have to just start plants in there. If you're growing things that don't necessarily grow well in your zone, you can use a greenhouse and plant that plant in there and keep it in there through its whole life cycle. So you want to keep that in mind when you're thinking of your size. Um, plus, it has to be able to fit you in there. And if anyone's going to be helping you in there, that person... And you want your soil and your potting supplies and any tools that you're going to use within the greenhouse. You want all those things to be handy. So you're probably going to store them in there or 
really close to there. Like one of the things I'm kind of playing around with already is building like a little garden shed near the greenhouse to store some of these things in um, because the greenhouse I got is an eight by eight. And I thought that I was being like reasonable <laughs> by picking a smaller greenhouse because I was like, oh, it's reasonable. It's only eight by eight. But like when I stand in there, I'm like four bags of soil and all of my shelving and my supplies and my pots and the plants. Like it's a tight squeeze already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'll figure out how to finagle it all around. I need to I haven't had a lot of setup time, so I haven't gotten to think through it very well yet. But <laughs> size matters when it comes to greenhouses yes it does <laughs> and if anyone is curious about the specific greenhouse i went with it is the grandio elite eight by eight so i'll link to that specific greenhouse in the show notes so you can check it out and uh so I already kind of talked about why I went with a kit greenhouse, but something else uh, that I think was really important was that uh, by choosing a kit greenhouse, there's lots of extra like accessories and things that are designed specifically to work with that greenhouse. So it's going to help uh, make like my temperature controlling and my troubleshooting and anything like that just so much easier because they have a website set up you know, with things that are designed to work within the specific greenhouse. So that's another like checkbox for the pro side <laughs> of a kit greenhouse. And also, um, even though it came in like a bazillion pieces, it did have pretty clear instructions and it was designed like for a person that doesn't know how to build things to be able to build it. Even though when I opened the box, I was like, <gasps> yeah, when I saw it. I was stressed for you when I saw all the pieces. I'm like, oh man, have fun. Good luck. <laughs> My brain like legit partially exploded when I opened that box and saw all those pieces. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh man. And something else that was really nice about this kit greenhouse is that it had really clear anchoring instructions and options. So I could pick the anchoring setup that was best for our like little farm area. Oh, that's nice. So that like kind of gave me peace of mind. And it also has a really good warranty. Like the frame has a lifetime warranty on it and the panels have a 10 year warranty on it. Ooh. So like, yeah, it was kind of an expensive greenhouse, but at minimum I should get 10 years of use out of it. And when I look at it that way, I'm like, oh, well that's actually pretty reasonable. Right. But if I take good care of it, I can, you know, hopefully get more. Obviously yeah. that's the goal, but. <laughs> so uh, building the greenhouse, was a little overwhelming at first, but I actually really enjoyed it now that it's over. It did end up taking us like the whole weekend to get it all done. But uh, before we even got to pull any of the pieces out of the box, we had a 12 foot by 12 foot pad cut into our sod and we packed it with 411 stone to give it like an even level ground to sit on. Mm -hmm. And that was super expensive and we had to coordinate that um, because it required like all the earth moving equipment. It required a team of four guys. Like it was really funny. We know we're friends with the like the guy that owns the company that did it and he's standing there and he's like, so Bev, when you decided that you were going to do this little <laughs> tiny greenhouse project, you did not imagine it would require all of this, did you? <laughs> I was like, nope. no. And as I'm watching you guys do this, I regret not just going for the biggest greenhouse they had. Because <laughs> like cutting the pad wasn't going to cost any more to make it bigger. Yeah, because they were already there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you want us to cut you a second one while we're here? It won't cost anything. And I'm like, no. Jared's glaring at me from across the 12 by 12 foot pad. <laughs> I'm like, no, one greenhouse will do it for now. <laughs> and so we actually didn't have to go through that. And I think I talked about this in an earlier episode, but... We could have cut the pad by hand if we wanted to, but again, that would have taken us weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and weeks a lot of and time. weeks. Yes. 
And another thing that we could have done is we could have uh, just anchored it directly to the ground Mm -hmm. onto the sod or built like a wooden deck and built it on top of the deck. But the reason why we didn't do either of those is our sod shifts depending on the weather, you know, because it freezes, it unfreezes, Mm. there's lots of rainwater, all sorts of crazy stuff happens. And we just really wanted it to be on a level base and stay there. And because it's so wet here and we get so much rain, wood rots like crazy. So if we had built a wood deck, we probably would be replacing that. And then we'd have to like move the whole oh, greenhouse yeah. off of it, replace it, and put it back. Yeah, ew. <laughs> no thank you. It sounds like a nightmare. And they do make those, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like PVC wood. It's the resin wood. Mm-hmm. So it's like plastic yeah. wood. Um, and that would be an option because that would last for forever. Um, But I really wanted to take advantage of the packed 411 stone and the ground to help keep the greenhouse warmer in the wintertime. And the way that we anchored it to the ground is uh, while they were cutting the pad, we um, drilled down two feet and put in these, uh, these cardboard concrete molds. And then we poured dry concrete into it and put the anchors for the base for the greenhouse into it. Yeah, so that thing is anchored down by 10 anchors that are concreted into the ground two feet. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Yeah, that thing is not going anywhere. It it will collapse or get destroyed by something like flying into it in the fast wind, I think, before the anchors would actually get ripped off the ground. So oh. knock on wood. it'll be fine we did like everything we could to make sure that this thing would stay (laughs) so uh when we built it i already mentioned it came in like a bajillion pieces it took us about 12 hours total to build it from like you know from anchoring it into the ground to caulking the last panel because you have to caulk it not only did you have to build the whole thing and like slide all the panels and everything in and screw everything down and make sure it was all plumb and level then you had to put a little bead of caulk around every single one of those Uh windows (laughs) caulk caulk yeah i don't i'm sure i'm not saying that right (laughs) sorry 12 year old boy brain is kicking in because it's after five (laughs) o'clock and the worst part is we have to do it again because we've had all this rain and my Uh greenhouse is legit leaking so jared's like how's it holding up the rain and i just looked at him with my teeth clenched and was like it's doing okay (laughs) (laughs) there's like buckets of water in there yeah Um, but that's all right the plants are getting watered so i'm not worried about it yet we'll we'll recalk it later (laughs) we do still have some work to do on it uh we're gonna finish it by putting down like smooth pebbles all around the greenhouse and also putting them on the inside on the ground um, and we're going to define the greenhouse space with some railroad ties. We already picked them out from Menards. And we're going to use like rebar to like pound them into the ground so that they don't move. Um, and that'll make weed eating around it really easy. Because we're trying to like, we're trying to figure out how to make things like as low maintenance as possible. And making sure yeah. no weeds could grow in the middle of that thing was like, <laughs> that was uh, number one on our list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've also picked out a rain barrel, and in fact, I'm going to go pick it up tomorrow, which will be the day before this episode drops. So by the time this episode drops, I should have it if they had any in stock. Um, And I ordered the tubing needed to – the greenhouse has gutters on it. It's kind of hard to see in the pictures, but it has gutters. So I can run tubes into the rain barrel and use rainwater to water things inside the greenhouse with the proper, like, hose and wand setup, which will be super handy. Yeah. I've also potted a couple plants and put them outside the door, which I was really excited about. Like the very first thing I did when it was done was I had to mow. But then once I was done mowing, I like got the utility vehicle and I put all the plants in it and moved like a bunch of supplies (laughs) into it. I was so excited. I like potted something and I was like, yes, it's official. It's a greenhouse. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I also already have like some cool trellis systems for the inside um, because I'm going to put in a couple of raised beds in it because come fall, I want to transplant like a mature tomato plant 
and a cucumber plant and then plant like some lettuces and herbs and see if I can't keep salad until like December. That's my goal. I set I set December as my goal for salad. If I can get through January, that would be awesome. February is our coldest month. So that's going to be like the real like make or break for (laughs) for the greenhouse. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you'll also want to think about where you're going to place your greenhouse. So we intentionally placed it in a spot where it gets full sun. Um, And we did that because we wanted the most light for seed starting in late winter and also to continue growing things in the winter because plants need a certain amount of light. Mm -hmm. And when the days get really short, it gets harder and harder for them to get that much light. But it does mean that midsummer it can be scorching in there. Um, so I did order a couple of solar fans and I went really small and kind of cheap for these first two. I have a feeling I'm going to have to um, upgrade them because I did not put my greenhouse in a place where there was power. Because oh. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, it's a greenhouse. Everything's going to get wet in there. Why would I want electricity in it? Well, you want electricity in it because you need to be able to move air in it <laughs> to cool it down and also to stop mold from growing because when the air is moving, mold doesn't grow on the soil. <laughs> and also, in the wintertime, you might want some supplemental heat in there. Um, but there are options that don't require power. Um, you can get like propane. You can just like pop a vent on the roof just like slightly and use like a propane heater in there. You always want to vent if you're going to do something like that, though. Otherwise, you're filling it with carbon monoxide. Yeah, I just I had to put that out there just in case somebody didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, no judgment if you didn't. The important thing is you do. now. Yeah. Yeah. The important thing is you do now. Yeah, because you would not want to spend any time in a closed in area where there's propane burning. Definitely not. Um. And other things that we're doing to keep it cooler like midsummer is I'm going to order a shade cloth for it. And you can order shade cloths that go all the way on the outside or you can just like hang it partially like inside the rafters on the inside, which is probably what I'm going to do because the wind will totally rip a shade cloth right off of it. Um, And I also ordered automatic vent arms for the roof window. So there's like two windows built into the roof that like pop open. They have these automatic arms for them. That's really cool when it gets over 80 degrees they automatically start to open like the piston warms up and it pushes open and then when it cools it retracts and then pulls it back in which is super cool and then also like tender plants like lettuces and things like that obviously you can't keep those in the greenhouse in the summertime so it'll just like totally totally scorch and um so this summer is going to be kind of experimental to see like how late i can leave things in there and how scorched some things get um but i didn't really buy the greenhouse to use during the summer its main purpose was really for like the winter so um we did already talk just a little bit about keeping a greenhouse warm um but one of the things you can do to keep a greenhouse warm in the winter is uh you can use thermal mass which is basically just like getting something that will heat up from the sun and then let off the heat uh, during the nighttime. And um, you can do that with like a black rain barrel or a black like water tank. So I'll probably end up moving my rain barrel in for the winter time. It won't collect water anymore, but I'll just leave it full of water and that should help with some thermal mass. Um, the rock floor will also help retain some heat. Um, and I'm kind of thinking that if I end up having to run extension cords to it, like if I decide not to go with the propane heater, I'm kind of considering hanging some sweeter heaters in there Oh, to warm it up. Okay. Well, I will definitely say that the sweeter heaters, because I have my chicks in the bathroom still, um, when there is sun in going into the bathroom window and the sweeter heater, it gets pretty warm in there. So it, oh, might, I bet. it might work. We'll have to see. I mean, it is like uh ambient heat yeah so um yeah so it will like actually help like warm the plants and the soil but not necessarily the air um and something else i'm considering doing is using my heat lamps that i don't use for chicks anymore because the greenhouse is rock and polycarbonate and metal i'm not really worried about fire so yeah that's it that's my whole greenhouse story Woo, that was a little more than i thought it was gonna be it's a good story (laughs) though i feel like i know more than i did before you told the story and that was the goal. <laughs> so thank you oh, for good. indulging me. 
<laughs> so how do you feel? Do you think you'll build a greenhouse eventually? Uh, I would say that it could be in my five-year plan. <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. That's a good... Let's see if I, like, don't kill all my seedlings this year first before I make that level of commitment. <laughs> I might feel a little more ambitious after our fence is stretched and that project's done. I'm just having a hard time seeing past that particular project. But could see it happening in a few years. Nice. How are your seedlings doing? Um, They are doing okay. I did some up potting and I feel like it kind of like stunted their growth almost. Like I feel like they haven't gotten much oh. bigger. But that was like a week ago. And I don't go down to the basement very often. Um, Just enough to like mist them if they need some moisture. Um, But I did start some sunflower seeds. That was like a week ago. Oh. Um, which it says in the packet, direct so after last frost. And I was like, whatever, I'm starting early. Um, so I started like a flat of 72 and then another flat of 25. <gasps> and some oh of them, gosh. some of them are like the dwarf ones. So they're, they only get yeah. like three or four feet. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying that out because I got like a shit ton of sunflower seeds, um, and I just mailed you a bunch too. And you did. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I can do more. Because I'm probably going to do like a few rounds of them. So in different spots of the property. So, and you sent me pumpkin seeds too, which I was super pumped about. So, oh yeah. And those are like super cool pumpkins. I'm excited. Um, so, I always start sunflowers early, too. I direct sow a bunch of stuff, like, once it becomes clear that it's late enough to, like, sow stuff. But um, I always start sunflowers in those little jiffy pellet, mm-hmm. peat pellets, um, because they're really easy to just, like, plug into the ground oh, yeah. when it co- becomes time to transplant so them. Easy. So I had a few sunflowers that I had to up pot. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> now I'll just bury this whole pot in the ground when it becomes time. <laughs> Yeah, my the purple beans that I got are doing awesome, but those don't take nearly as long to uh, be done. (laughs) So those are looking real good. So if anything, I didn't screw up sunflowers and I didn't screw up uh, snapdragons and I didn't screw up uh, beans. So I will call that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great like first year. For I think so starting too. a garden. Like, even if that's your only success, like, I think that that's amazing. So, and what's really cool is when you start harvesting that stuff, it's gonna like light a fire in you. You're like, now I have to harvest all the things, grow the things, and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Gardeners will take over the world. Yes. Yes. If you guys have any greenhouse questions or knowledge to share you can email that to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com or you know just drop it in the facebook group because we'll find it um maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode now it's time for we can't even corner yes so mine is from buzzfeed news um and it's the title is these very good dogs help deliver quarantine beer and they're doing a great job. Oh, the brew dogs are bringing joy and beer one delivery at a time. Love <laughs> it. You know, it's funny. I almost drank a brew dog's beer today. Really? Oh, that yeah. was too good. So their names are Buddy and Barley and their mom and dad own the Six Harbors Brewing Company in Huntington, New York. And these brew dogs have been um, a fixture at the brewery for a very long time. There's lots of pictures in this article, so I highly suggest that you (laughs) click on these. Um, But basically, because, you know, people can't go into the brewery right now, uh, they are putting their dogs to work by making them deliver beer. So what's actually happening is that they're putting um, empty beer cans to the dog's collars and letting them, like, run up onto the porch. <laughs> oh. And um, they're very excited in these pictures. And then, like, the humans hand over the actual beer. And they're wearing masks and gloves, of course. Um, because the dogs would obviously shake up the beer if you tried to attach beer to them <laughs> to run up to the porch and deliver. 
I'm looking at the pictures of them running to the porch. And yeah, you wouldn't be able to drink that beer for a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's adorable. I love but it. But they do a very good job. And it looks like it's bringing people a lot of joy. And I would definitely, I wouldn't really even care how much it cost, I think. If I was in New New York and they could do that for me, I would totally order from that brewery just so I could pet their dogs. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I love those dogs and I want to pet them. They are such good dogs. They look so fluffy too. They look a couple <laughs> of goldens. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> so that's my feel good story for the week. I love it. So what's your can't even this week? So I have some follow-up to your can't even from last week. Okay. Because remember how we talked about, um, and the only reason why it even occurred to me to talk about this was because in last week's episode, we actually mentioned like, yeah, and maybe one of the things that you'll want to do is keep working from home (laughs) so that you don't drive in because, you know, cutting down the amount of driving you're doing is cutting down the air pollution because look at how nice the sky in LA looks. Well, it turns out that that's not true either. Oh, my God. It's all a sham. (laughs) So the decrease in the traffic from everybody staying home isn't actually saving the planet either. So dolphins aren't swimming in the Venice canals. You working from home isn't saving LA's sky. And elephants aren't getting drunk in tea gardens and my life is I know. <laughs> and I can't even take it because I like only good news. No, I'm just kidding. This is actually really important to know, though, because, you know, one of the things I'm always trying to do is like I'm trying to balance the things that I do to try to be eco conscious. Mm-hmm. And I like to give people recommendations of things to do, but I don't want to like give recommendations to them that are like totally tone deaf or just flat out not true. (laughs) Yeah. So not driving your car to work every day will save you gas money. And it does save gas. So that's good. Those are good things. But the decrease in traffic doesn't decrease the actual pollution in the air over metropolitan cities. And what they actually found is that a lot of the air pollution, you know, that's really harmful around these areas is being caused by like industry or, um, you know, burning fuel um, and big trucks, you know, like delivering or, you know, taking away big deliveries of things that, you know, we could get delivered to department stores and grocery stores and things like that. And none of that stuff has ceased since this. So it turns out that like the clear air over LA was actually because there was a lot of rain that week. (laughs) It just like happened to coincide. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And everybody hoarding isn't slowing the trucks down either. So (laughs) there's that. <laughs> so I still think that if you're enjoying working from home, you should keep doing it because you save money on gas, like I mentioned. Yeah. And still save the amount of gas you're using, which is a good thing. But I wanted to make sure people knew that we didn't think not driving your car was gonna save the planet. <laughs> right. And it's funny because I saw a headline from a pretty big news network that was saying that we were actually like saving the planet because of everything. So now seeing that this NPR article is saying, hey, wait a minute. Um, Actually, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, so that's why you guys, I'm guilty of it. You can't just read a headline on Facebook and go with it. Like, unfortunately... We have to all do our own research and do some digging because we can't take stuff at face value because the swans are not in the canals that we thought they were. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'll link to this NPR article in the show notes. It's a really good one, but it's super long, so I wasn't going to read it. Um, But we've kind of ended up uh, throwing ourselves in the middle of this really interesting and accidental study opportunity to, you know, see, like, what really is causing air pollution. So, I mean, passenger cars, I guess we can say are lower down on the list. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. we can look at other things to make improvements on because that's what it's all about. It's not about doing the perfect thing. It's about just looking at what you can do differently that might 
you know, create just a smidge better, a smidge better outcome. Just a smidge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys can send us your can't events in our Facebook group or via Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com because we like to review some of those in our minisodes. Yes, and don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we read one review a week and the review that we read goes into a hat and is drawn out a winner for an exclusive mug that is super, super awesome. So be sure and do that. We don't have a review to read this week, but that just means uh, the other May reviewers have a better chance. Yeah, and there's one more episode in May. So... uh, Whoever leaves the next review, as long as you're not a dickhead, we're going to read it. Like, don't be a dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we might read it. <laughs> we haven't had we one of those. We might still read it, but I'm not going to put it in the hat for a drawing. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I don't want to, uh, I don't necessarily want to like throw this out so that we get one. But like, if there was like real constructive criticism, I think I would read that because it gives us well, the opportunity yeah. to like yeah. learn. And if we got like it, just like a nasty one, I think we just shared in our Facebook group so that our friends could make us feel better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've gotten constructive criticism before about me talking in the third person, and I've worked really hard to stop doing that. But it still happens because that's just how I talk. So, and we read that one. So Bev's right. We would read that, but they weren't totally rude about it. So that's why we read it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so just a few housekeeping items. As you guys are probably fully aware by now, Coop Camp 2020 was moved to August 7th through 9th. It's still just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. We are still planning on being there, which means we would love to see you there too if you can make it. Yes, and be sure and give us a call at our phone number. It's 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM. You can leave us a voicemail with your farm story, your questions, or your can't even. So if you've been putting off sending in your farm story because you don't want to type it, that's a way to just tell it to us in your voice and we'll play it on a minisode. Yes, there is a three-minute limit. So if your story is more than three minutes, you'll have to call us back, and that's totally okay. We're not going to pick up. Like, it doesn't even ring when it goes, like, on our end. So don't (laughs) get anxiety about that because sometimes I have anxiety about calling people on the phone. So I know that's a thing. Don't have to worry about it here. Um, Also, we have a really funny voicemail that I can't wait to play on next week's mini-sode. So, you guys, I'm hoping that inspires some of you to give us a call. Anyways, um, make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm because we'll send you a direct message with a promo code that's good just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop. And that's really important to know because we actually did get an email the other day that asked if we ever gave discounts. Yes. So I said, why, yes, we do. And we give them to Patreons and we also give them this way. So if you've been eyeing something in our shop that you want a discount on, it's a great way to get a discount. We just make you work for a little bit yeah that's all <laughs> nothing in life is for free guys like even if you're getting discount codes in your email it's because you gave them their e- your email and now you know how they're using you know their policies and how they're dealing with coronavirus you know that too <laughs> on top of the coupon code yep <laughs> so make sure you take a look at the show notes and find links to the articles we discussed a survey to tell us how we're doing that is anonymous please constructive criticism only please don't be mean um all of our social media goodness will also be up there and the merch shop link will be there as well yes and one quick note before we sign off about our merch shop there are huge shipping delays on some items so wanted to make sure people knew that i've been individually emailing people when i see that it's been like several weeks just to like keep people in the loop if you've put in an order it has been put into the system it's just that because they had to reduce the number of staff at the warehouse and because you know some of the companies are having trouble like actually getting you know like the t-shirt base or the cup base and there's been some delays so if you've ordered recently and haven't got it yet just please 
be patient with us. Um, it will get out. It just might be a little delayed. Yeah. So I, we have added a disclaimer in our shop. It took a little while to figure out how to do that because we're not web developers. No. But <laughs> it was figured out eventually. So now it's up there. <laughs> yes. And thank you for being patient with us, especially because we can't control what Printful does because they fulfill things for us in the t-shirts and stuff so most people have been really really great about it I I would actually say everybody's been really great about it so thank you yes and that's it guys that's it oh what a journey I learned so much this week a greenhouse journey a greenhouse take a stroll through that's greenhouse okay (laughs) I'll do an MTV Cribs uh, please do uh, walkthrough of it do yes I love it All right, guys, so until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Guess what? It's still chick season, and do you know what that means? It's time to get your chick, duckling, and gosling orders in. And we highly recommend My Pet Chicken because they have so much to offer. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on their website. And in case you're not ready to go full-on crazy chicken person, My Pet Chicken has a three-chick minimum. This is a perfect way to get into chicken keeping or just add a few to your flock. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order and get all the gear you need to raise them happy and healthy. That link lets them know that we sent you and it's a great way to support our podcast and fulfill all of your poultry addiction needs.